Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't know, Hanson. I just, I don't know if it was... Our executive producer, Hanson, he makes this list of uh, sound clips we have every day, and he's got here, under San Diego Board of Supervisors meeting, it says, clip 20, unhinged anti-vaxxer. Unhinged? That's a, that's, you know... It's pejorative. It's judgmental. You're leading me to believe something before I've heard this gentleman. I'd like to decide for myself whether or not we think this guy is is unhinged. Yeah, how about you just give us the clips and leave the harsh, irresponsible judgments to us? So let's let's just start in and see if... Uh... You're about to open a pit of hell! You do okay, not you can stop get right a... there if you would like. <laughs> Strong opening. <laughs> So he's got the, the volume going with the overmodulation in the microphone because he's screaming right into the microphone. And he right. opens with, which I think should be the new show opening for the Armstrong. Clearly. Yeah. You're about to enter a pit of hell. Is that what he said? You're <laughs> about to open a pit of hell. You're about to open a pit of hell. Hell. Yeah, that's a good, that's a, hey, that's a grabber. You know, I'm flipping through the agenda at the meeting, just kind of spacing off, maybe looking at uh, looking at Twitter on my phone. I'm looking up. That's exactly what they talk about when you're the sort of person where they lean forward or lean back. That guy opens with your the pit of hell. I lean <laughs> forward. Exactly. So let's hear the other minute 20 of this. You're about to open a pit of hell. You do not get a vaccine passport put on us. You know, as the population who's in control, you know that the people or the politicians, once you get a power, you will never relinquish it. Do you think that the four feet of marble that holds you above high in this chamber will help you from the fate of humanity, which you are unleashing? No! no! It won't! Your children and your children's children will be subjugated! They will be asked, how many vaccines have you had? Have you been a good little Nazi? Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! There's been a lot of talk about the Nuremberg Code. Well, I brought you a copy. You are all in violation of Section 1. Yes, you, Dr. Wilton. You are in violation of the Nuremberg Code, which is international law. And the, de- the definition is... Thank you, sir. Your time has expired. Thank you, sir. Your time has expired. Did he oh, say... Have you been a good little Nazi? Is that what he said at some point? Have you been a good little Nazi? I thought that's what he said. That's uh, that's a provocative question. And then Hail <laughs> wow. Fauci, sort of. Hail Fauci! Oh, boy, boy, uh, Anthony, not, not 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 entirely hinged. Anthony Fauci, and uh, I've got some problems with some of the things he did. Definitely, I think he's completely lying to the world about his role in gain of function and hiding this stuff in the beginning. But anyway, boy, how old is he? He's old, right? Oh, yeah, Fauci, he's well into his 70s. He couldn't have been thinking, like, on his 70th birthday, I'm going to become a household name, and about a half the country is going to think I'm Hitler before my <laughs> life is over. <laughs> what? Hey, I mean, you don't, by the time you've made it to 70, even with a pretty successful career in government, if you're not known by then... You know, you've been, he's been traveling around this country. Nobody's known who he was his whole life. You don't think you're going to become a 
like everybody knows you by your face, household name, and half the country thinks you're Hitler. You certainly don't. You certainly don't anticipate becoming a pariah in your 70s. <laughs> no. You'd think, under what circumstance? I mean, if somebody told you that, you know, genie with a magic, whatever you call them. What do you call that thing? The round thing? Crystal ball? Yeah, or, genie with uh, crystal ball looks into it. You will, on your 78th birthday, half the country will think you are Hitler and scream at you <laughs> in restaurants. What what has happened in the world? What? Where this occurred? I'm going to be laying on my couch watching baseball. <laughs> How would this possibly happen? But it happened. I, I love how he strings together four Hail Fauci's as he really feels like he has the crowd whipped up. And oh, yeah. They're cheering him on and the rest. He's really got it going. Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Have you been a good little Nazi? I like his, oh, his inflection on that is really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's great. Have you been Nazi? a good little Nazi? <laughs> Have you been a good little Nazi? <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> oh, you were right, by the way, Hanson. Yes, he is unhinged. No! Hinge is not, <laughs> hinge is not attached. Oh, boy. I hate to open a pit of hell. <laughs> You're about to open a pit of hell. Yeah. Sir, your time has expired. Can I do it this afternoon? I've got things to do first. Maybe then I'll got to put on my pit of hell pants first. <laughs> <laughs> They're fireproof. So there were actually there were other people speaking at the uh, that at the meeting there that, that I think were probably worth airing. And then we'll come back to uh, uh, yelling Jim there. Uh, how about uh, clip twenty one? And I just want to say this, Nathan Fletcher. I saw your press conference yesterday. And I saw your announcement recommending that San Diego employers require that their employers get the vaccine and, if not, be tested once a week. I actually work for a big corporation, and my CEO has a message for you. He's not going to do it. Go pound sand, Nathan Fletcher. I'm told in my ear, Nathan Fletcher, a very liberal member and a combat vet. But uh, pound sand, one of my favorite expressions. Yeah, yeah. Clip 22. Let's try that one. Last month we went through this, so we've got to finalize. Do you know how many deaths happened in the month of July? Nathan? 36. How much propaganda are we going to use for the death of 36 people? How many rights are we going to take? And Nathan, how many lies are you going to continue to propagate? The time is now, people. Either you get removed or you stand up on some truth. Thank you. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, lo- I love any time people make the point with the raw numbers of how many people are actually dying from this. H- how much interruption of our lives are we actually going to? So 99% of us can survive this? Propagate, by the way, means to breed. So asking him how many people he's going to breed or how many lives he's going to breed is an odd question. Um, yeah, the, the idea of introducing a little proportion perspective into the... I mean, we could have used that like every day for the last 18 months. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that last clip's really long. Yeah, we'll Hanson says it's really good. but it's a, Is it? It's awful long, Hanson. Well, he was right about the hinged, unhinged. How, how much are you, are you willing to stake your credibility on this, Hanson? <laughs> how do you measure he, that? He's, 
He said he'll stop. He'll say he said he'll stake yeah. it. He's a good little Nazi. Have you been a good little Nazi? <laughs> yes is his answer. Let's hear a clip. Twenty three. You want to know why there's so much kickback on this? We simply don't trust you. And why would we? It's gone from two weeks to flatten the curve to show me your papers if you want to work here. It went from stemming the flow of the ICU overflow to eradicating a virus that'll never go away. The proof is in Israel with the highest rates of vaccines and many more breakthrough cases than ever seen. Masks didn't work, stay-at-home orders didn't work, and lockdowns will go down in history as one of the greatest blunders of our time. Good stuff. We talk about personal responsibility in getting the vaccine. Dr. Wilma Wooten, not once have I heard you or any other health officer talk about the importance of the fact that 78% of the people admitted to the ICU were overweight or obese. You, nor our elected officials, minus Jim Desmond, have ever mentioned the effectiveness of maintaining healthy weight, exercise, proper nutrition, vitamin supplementation. Not a peep. We are talking about health? We talking about health? Instead, we get wear a mask, stay home, close your business, and take this shot, none of which boosts your immune system. Don't talk to me about personal responsibility until every employer is held responsible for injury resulting from this shot when they require it, or big pharma companies are held liable. I'm going to make this real simple for y'all. I will never, and I mean ever, submit to any request or requirement to wear masks or vaccine mandates. I will never submit to rules that segregate or dismantle people and put them against each other. Thank you. That's Lou Uridel. He's a gym owner, uh, making some excellent points there. Yeah, he did. He lost me at the the whole uh, getting the vaccine doesn't raise immunity rates. That's idiotic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't get his conclusion. But the stuff at the very beginning, well, the two, two main things that he had there, well, the one about obesity, that's Bill Maher hammers that all the time. How come we're afraid to mention that overwhelmingly this is a disease that's killing people that are obese i mean that seems like we ought to say that practically like every time you do the story but well, given the fact that most americans are overweight that doesn't make for good clickbait and and for good or ill most of our information comes to us through commercial sources yeah that's an interesting thing one of the main uh comorbidities is something we just ignore and pretend doesn't exist because it's kind of i'm looking up at the tv lizzo calls out online hate apparently she's speaking out about the people who talk about her being overweight online so um because we we've got the whole fat acceptance thing going we don't mention one of the comorbidities of the disease that's just weird literally unwilling to mention what is killing people yeah. that is that that's got to be unprecedented on earth but the first a species that willingly you know climbs into the shark's mouth <laughs> but the first thing he said there there isn't enough follow through on various countries states or cities that are hailed as beacons of getting it right in the beginning when all the numbers change on them and we've seen this happen with california and florida or remember Sweden in the beginning, or Israel. Israel's doing it right. Israel's got it right. We need to look to Israel on how. And now they're just. And now we've we've banned people from flying in from Israel unless they're checked or whatever because they their COVID is so bad. I mean, it, as you were pointing out early in the show, everybody has their time, and it doesn't seem to make any difference whether you mask or don't mask or let people eat outdoors or not or whatever. It comes through and does what it's going to do, and then it leaves. 
Every news feed I have, breathlessly reporting, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who opposes vaccine and mask mandates, tests positive for COVID-19. Ironic. He's getting what he deserves. You people, you're such simpletons. How about this? Guy understands COVID, understands it's out there, he's vaccinated, understands that even as an old guy in a wheelchair, he'll probably be perfectly fine with a mild, mild breakthrough case, and is unwilling to bring his state to its knees in terms of economic activity and liberty. He understands perfectly well that he might get COVID. He's a busy guy. He meets lots of people. He's probably not the least bit surprised, and it's not in the least ironic. Plus, if you want to wear a mask, they can't stop you from wearing a mask. Go ahead and wear a mask. Have you and your family wear a mask everywhere you go? Nobody's stopping you. Wear a full freaking scuba outfit, for all I care. Can't imagine what good the fins would do you. But God, you, go be, ahead. That'd be hot in Houston this time of year. Wow. You'd be soupy. <laughs> You're about to open a pit of hell. Exactly. <laughs> Every time you unzipped it. That's what I'd be thinking. Oh, boy. Better stand back a few steps, honey. Every time you took those flippers off and poured them out. Oh, oh, that's disgusting. Really is. Uh, text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. As part of their new image, the Taliban are promising Afghanistan's women, trust us, we've changed. Also, they promise no reprisal killings. That's not really comforting when you have to guarantee that. It reminds me of Taco Bell's ad for the Gordita Crunch Wrap. This time, we promise it's meat. That's a heck of a thing to tie together. Reprisal killings and a Taco Bell joke. And the brutal subjugation of women. I'm fine with it. I mean, Lord knows. Uh, you got a couple. I'm not going to call for a boycott or anything. I'm just not uncomfortable. I'm not no, comfortable. No, you got it. a couple of guys here who, who go back and forth between crazy serious and crazy silly pretty regularly. Yeah, but uh, it's just it's just interesting. Um, uh, we're going to talk to Josh Rogan, Washington Post, coming up about the situation on the ground in Kabul. It has the potential. To be one of the worst debacle, it already is, but I mean, it has the potential to stand out as the worst debacle in U.S. history. Is that over the top? I don't think so. No, I don't think it is at all. We have five figures worth of Americans that are now essentially hostages of a, a, a horrifying brutal regime it'll make tehran in 1977 or whenever it was um seem like a minor incident if the taliban decides to you know to stop letting our people leave and they might we're shooting them just shoot them right they could do that a couple of rogue taliban people just decide you know i'm gonna shoot all those people right there not at all out of the question they do that sort of thing all the time hold a mass trial god help us um so that's coming up, and it's pretty interesting. So apparently this happened at a baseball game last night. One of the best players in the world is a Japanese guy. Uh, the great Shohei Otani. Hits and pitches better than just about anybody. But anyway, the announcer, who's a former star pitcher himself, tried to make a joke. Well, let's hear it. Now what do you do with Shohei Otani? Be very, better careful. Well, folks, uh... Shohei Otani is coming to the plate, and uh, it's been brought to my attention, and I sincerely 
apologize if I offended anybody, especially anybody in the Asian community, for what I said about pitching and being careful to uh, Jose or Shohei Otani. Be very, very careful. Ooh. Be very, very careful. Yeah, not a great idea. <laughs> no, no. Whatever filter we all have in our brain that filters out things we shouldn't say, let one let one pass. You're, <laughs> you're a pitcher. Got by the catcher. Huh? Passed ball. Got cleared of the wall. Yeah, the old jock scratcher's probably worried about getting canceled, too. He's, oh. He had that, uh, that hostage video sound to his voice, no doubt. Oh, yeah. There are 20 guys lined up that can do it about as well as you, probably. So they'll pick somebody who doesn't make racist jokes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not racist. No, I don't. I, racial. Accents are not racist no. unless they're being used in a demeaning way. In fact, right. he was he was using the 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 uh, accent to pay tribute to what a dangerous hitter Otani uh, is. The uh, Otani. Uh, right. Always hated the fact that we conflate racial with racist. If anything's racial, it's clearly racist, and that's that's not the case. Well, and I can do an Irish accent all day long, and nobody gives a damn. Right, or French, or German, or all kinds of different things. Sure. Um, but that so that's that. We just liked his uh, quick apology during the game on well, the phone. It was actually, his, it seemed to be the next time Otani came up. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure he was on the phone with his agent, and his agent's probably on the phone with people from the network, and oh boy, Uh-oh. Josh Rogan on the Taliban next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And so it is with great sadness that I now criticise one of them. Because I was never prouder than when I was decorated by the 82nd Airborne after the capture of Musakala. It was a huge privilege, a huge privilege to be recognised by such an extraordinary unit in combat. To see their commander-in-chief call into question the courage of men I fought with to claim that they ran. It's shameful. Those who have never fought for the colours they fly should be careful about criticising those who have. I was reading Josh Rogan's Twitter feed in which he retweeted some information. There are 15,000 Americans currently trapped in Afghanistan. Some are reaching the airport for evacuation, but it's unclear how many the Taliban will allow through since they get to make that decision. Dual citizens are the most at risk. Those that are outside Kabul have really no option. And as Josh Rogan tweeted out, the Biden presidency and U.S. foreign policy now hinge on pulling off one of the greatest airlifts in world history. Josh Rogan is Global Opinions columnist for the Washington Post, also the author of a terrific book about China, Chaos Under Heaven, Trump, Xi, and the Battle for the 21st Century. Josh joins us now. Josh, welcome. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. A lot better than our uh, allies. Yeah, Josh, you're one of the first people uh, I saw on your Twitter feed speaking to the fact that the Taliban control the narrative so much more than a lot of people are talking about. Explain that to us. Well, I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is that all of our American foreign policy now is dependent on the good graces of the Taliban. And all we have left to do in our uh, to save our people is to uh, 
bow and scrape and beg the Taliban for safe passage, uh, which they may or may not give on any given street on any given day, and to try to negotiate with them by bribing them with things like legitimacy and international recognition and money, all of which they don't deserve because they're a murderous group of uh, fundamentalist, extremist, uh, terrorist thugs. And, you know, if you just think about what a horrible position that puts us in, uh, you realize that, uh, you know, uh, this was screwed up majorly. But the before we do the postmortem, the patient's still on the table, right? So we still have to deal with the crisis that's ongoing right now. And that is why I, I uh, focus on this idea that, well, we can. there are mistakes that are going on today that we don't have to make. There are people who are going to die tomorrow who don't have to die if the United States fixes its policy, which we're not doing. You didn't go to so, medical school, but that don't do the postmortem while the patient's still on the table is a pretty good one. Yeah, that's solid stuff. So uh, we understand the vast majority of the Americans still in country or in the Kabul area. So let's start there. What is the situation for them right now? Informationally, logistically, can they get to the airport? What's happening? You know, my sources, and I think this is confirmed by, by some of what you've seen from TV reporters on the ground, is that, you know, the Taliban are enjoying their being in charge of who gets to live and who gets to die on the road to the Kabul airport. And, you know, if we, if you think that, you know, the promises of Taliban leaders extend down to every roaming gang of thugs in Kabul, uh, then uh, you're a fool. So the, you know, when the Biden administration tells us, Oh, well, don't worry. The Taliban said everything's going to be fine. Uh, they know that that's not true because they're not actually that stupid. So, you know, it's all case by case. You know, you could be an American and you could get to the airport and find that you don't have a seat on the flight. You could be an American. You could never get to the airport. You could, you know, it, it's it's just mayhem. And meanwhile, the planes are taking off half full, sometimes not even that much because they're not letting the people in the airport who are supposed to get on the planes. So, oh, they're bragging that they flew some planes out of the airport without any people on them. I mean, that's how crazy it is. That's how bad it is. Man, I spent a lot of the weekend tweeting with smart people. I know I should have tweeted at you because it'd have been a good person to ask. It's just, you know, what's in the Taliban's best interest? Because that's what they're going to do. And I and I, I was hoping that the Taliban would think. I think their current thinking is best thing for us is just to get the United States out of there. Let's let's get get them out of here, and then we'll just run the country. But if they wanted to, man, they could embarrass us on the world stage. They could pull off a hostage situation that could take weeks or months to unravel. It could be really ugly, couldn't it? Right. So, you know, this is sort of right. How do you how do you get inside the minds of the Taliban? Right. So this is like, a you know, what the Biden administration is trying to do now. They're trying to keep the Taliban on their good side. And, and so that they'll let the Americans go. Of course, they're not going to let the Afghans go. Tens of thousands of Afghans who helped us, who risked their lives for us uh, on the promise that we would provide them safety, a promise that we're right now in the process of breaking. So they're never going to let those people through the checkpoints, no matter what. And the only thing that we can ask for and reasonably expect to get is, oh, well, they'll, they'll let the Americans, at least uh, the white Americans, get through the lines. And, you know, yes, they could pull that rug out from under us at any moment. So, in other words, they're basically holding all of our citizens hostage. They're holding our military and our government hostage, in a sense, uh, because we have to do what they say because we've decided to give them the entire city, the entire country. Uh, without a fight, and now uh, we're screwed. 
Josh Rogan of the Washington Post is on the line. Josh, I read your excellent column, which we have linked at armstrongandgetty.com, and you mentioned that the folks in Kabul are desperate for any sort of information, anything, what should I do type information, and they're calling uh, congresspeople and senators and such? Right, so, you know, if we have such a good relationship with the Taliban, why did we have to close the embassy where they were processing all the visas where people could call and figure out what the heck to do? You know, if we have such a good relationship with the Taliban, as uh, the Biden administration seems to want to tell us, uh, then how is it that the State Department has to tell Americans, first of all, they told them to shelter in place, don't come to the airport, because the airport wasn't secure. Then they said, okay, you can come to the airport, but we're not going to provide you any assistance, so good luck. If you make it there, let us know. And then if you get to the airport, it's not even clear you can get through the gates because the gates are, like, full of uh, Taliban soldiers, you know, with American, you know, advanced weaponry strapped all to their backs. Uh, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, there's it's just uh, a, a, a raging fire, and, and they're, they're trying to put it out with a, with, a, with a garden hose. It's just crazy. You know, that's an excellent point. You can't you can't make the claim that we're working with the Taliban, but we had to smash our computers and burn all of our uh, our paperwork and leave the embassy uh, in a hurry. That, you that know what doesn't... they did? They, 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 they burned all of the passports that were in the embassy when they were burning up the embassy dock. So if you were an Afghan with a special visa and in your passport, your passport got burned by the Americans. I mean, does that sound like a well-planned contingency to you? Does that sound like, oh, yeah, we, we, we definitely thought of this, you know? Does that sound like that? Oh, boy. That, a successful implementation of policy? That's horrifying. In your gut, does this feel like a disaster in the making? You know, in my gut, I'm, I'm so scared that it could get much worse. And by that, I mean, you know, you, Taliban doing exactly what you said, which is deciding that, hey, you know, toying with us has... Uh, yielded them all of the amusement that they care to get and now it's just time to start killing americans and westerners and europeans and afghans and anybody else who looks at them cross-eyed and women and journalists and activists and that would be another layer of hell that would be you know saigon plus benghazi and you know i pray to god that we don't get to that point but i think the decisions that the u.s government makes in the next few days will have an impact on that you know, uh, Josh, I, I wonder. Well, I'm 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 interested in observing the way the Taliban is conducting itself right now. It seems to me, and I'd love to hear your opinion, that they are coming off very much as the moderates to try to grease the skids, solidify power, get the Americans out of town, etc. But I'm sure they will go back to their old ways before long, don't you? Well, what the Taliban need is not 100 percent recognition. They just need some recognition. In other words. Once they've put up enough of a facade that the Chinese and the Russians and the Iranians, and probably the Turks, can pretend to believe them, because nobody actually believes them. But if you're a dictatorship in Beijing or something like that, you can pretend long enough to recognize them. Then they won't need us anymore. In other words, they don't need American recognition. It's enough for them if they get Pakistan and China and Russia and Iran. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, so that's as long as they'll you know, pretend not to be you know, murderous. Uh, extremist fanatic terrorist thugs, which they still are. Okay, so again, that provides us a window to try to maybe get some things that we want. But to think that we have leverage over them is ridiculous. And you know, yes, of course they'll play nice to the internet with the international community to a point. Uh, and that point is once they extract as much as they can get from playing nice, uh, then they'll I'm sure they'll revert to form. 
So we're talking with Josh Rogan, and we've had you on several times talking about your book, Chaos Under Heaven, Trump, Xi, and the Battle for the 21st Century. Uh, you know, back to your expertise on China. How do you think China looks at what we just did and what we're doing? How might that influence their decisions in foreign policy going forward? You know, it's funny because the Chinese propaganda criticized us when we're in Afghanistan as imperialist invaders and occupiers. They criticize us when we leave Afghanistan uh, for abandoning our allies. So either way, the Chinese Communist Party propaganda is going to uh, uh, find a way to call us the devils and, and them the heroes. Okay, So that, putting that aside, what, what's actually happening on the ground is that our allies, not just our Western allies, but any allies, Taiwan, Israel, you name it, have, have got to have their confidence shaken. They've got to be thinking twice that if push came to shove, if, you know, if the, if the, their version of the Taliban came for them, would America stand by them? And, you know, I, what are you supposed to say to them? Like, what do you, how could you possibly reassure them in the light of this disaster? And what the Biden administration basically said is, well, every situation is different and they shouldn't worry. Uh, but I'm here to tell you that they're worried and China's trying to exploit that. I mean, they just did a, 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 a mock assault on Taiwan yesterday, right? That's not, that's not a, a coincidence of timing. They're, telling the Taiwanese that uh, you guys are on your own. Look what happened to Ashraf Ghani. And the wow. Taiwanese are scared, and they should be. That's interesting. Josh Rogan, Global Opinions columnist for the Washington Post and also, again, author of Chaos Under Heaven, Trump G and the Battle for the 21st Century. Josh, we sure appreciate the time. Really good stuff. Thanks for uh, your coverage, and let's talk again soon. Anytime. All yeah, righty. if you like this sort of stuff, he's a good follow on Twitter. You know, it, it becomes pretty obvious. Josh basically just said it there. It already is a hostage situation. It's just happening behind the scenes. It's just not overtly. It's not, you know, Al Pacino and Dog Day Afternoon, you know, there on cameras. But it is it is a hostage situation. The Taliban know that we know we're getting these people out at their pleasure. And that's why we're offering them all this money and everything. So it, it's, it's a hostage negotiation that's just going on in secret. Right. Meanwhile, the five figures, low five figures worth of Americans who are hiding out in and around Kabul uh, are getting no information from the State Department. They don't know where to go or what to do exactly other than, yeah, if you can get to the airport, get there. And the nervousness, as as, as Josh pointed out, has got to come from the Taliban is not, uh, you know, as top down coordinated as the U.S. military is. You could have uh, a, a Taliban leader or group of dudes decide, you know, we're going to kill Americans. Screw it. At, sure. at, at any point, absolutely. And, you know, I know a lot of what you a lot of what you would say uh, is uh, they start killing Americans. Oh, we're going to unleash holy hell on you. Well, I was thinking about Beirut, nineteen eighty-two, something like that, when uh, terrorists killed hundreds of Marines on our bases. We didn't unleash holy hell on anybody. We got the hell out of there. We thought this is a screwed up part of the world, and we got out. Yeah, yeah. I, the only reason well, they're not killing Americans is they must not think it benefits them because they're going to do whatever benefits them. Right. And that could absolutely change over time. Sure. Because there are thousands of Americans in hiding at this point and no clear way to get them out. If you're outside of Kabul, by the way, there's not even a conception of a plan to rescue you. Uh, in Kabul, at least conceivably, there's a bad idea or two of how we can get you out. Uh, but uh, how this unfolds, God knows. How in the hell, Joe Biden, do you decide you're going to pull out of uh, Afghanistan and then you don't have a plan for 15,000 U.S. citizens? They're not already out of the country before you get this started. 
How the hell does that happen? Right. Joe Biden is a dummy. Anybody going to resign? Anybody going to get fired? The short answer is we thought we had months. That, That the... You know, that the storm would be seen gathering on the horizon and moving slowly across the plain, and we could see it coming and think, well, we're probably down to about 60 days to get people out. So let's get out the less critical people, and we'll meet again next month and decide who to get out. Go ahead and book tickets, honey, because they're they're out halfway across the country, and I think by... By October, they'll be here. So let's go ahead and book tickets, and we'll gather our belongings, and we'll move out of uh, Kabul. I guess that's what they thought. Didn't work that way. We need to catch a break. We will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we played this earlier, but we didn't have time to talk about it. We want to put it in some context. This is a member of parliament over there in Great Britain. He is a vet, as he'll explain. His name is Tom Tugendhat, and uh, this is pretty impassioned. And so it is with great sadness that I now criticize one of them. Because I was never prouder than when I was decorated by the 82nd Airborne after the capture of Musakala. It was a huge privilege, a huge privilege to be recognised by such an extraordinary unit in combat. To see their Commander-in-Chief call into question the courage of men I fought with. To claim that they ran. It's shameful. Those who have never fought for the colours they fly should be careful about criticising those who have. So you've heard of that a lot since Biden's speech earlier this week that the uh, calling out the Afghan military is unwilling to fight for their own country is just being flat out not correct uh, as described by a whole bunch of our guys or that British guy that fought alongside these dudes and they did fight and many of them died. And for Joe Biden to just say, they won't fight, they don't care about their country, so screw them, is uh, fairly hurtful and insulting to those who were there. Well, am I correct that the death rate among Afghan troops was higher per month than our entire losses? Oh, yeah. During yeah, 20 it, years? Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Yikes. Yeah, so, uh, boy, you got somebody on the floor of Parliament saying that about our commander-in-chief, the guy who's never worn the uniform. That, that's a heck of a thing. Love that. Beck. Uh, here's, that lighten the mood. <laughs> here's our host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, everybody. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew, starting with Michelangelo. He presses the buttons, keeps us on the air. Michael, final thought. You know, as a kid, I was a big fan of oil painting with Bob Ross, and Netflix has an upcoming documentary, Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. <laughs> 
Wow. Not sure what it's about, but I'm going to watch it. Why is he having such a moment in the last year? So is everybody home and decided to learn how to paint at home? I guess home, that's or? it, yeah. I think that's probably it, yeah. Young Alex, he's our producer. He loves the sports. Alex, final thought? Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons announced that they're the first NFL team to be 100% vaccinated right in time for the beginning of the season. The 49ers had four standouts. They're my favorite team, so of course I read about them. Four standouts. Apparently they've all been vaccinated as well, including... Notorious anti-vaxxer Nick Bosa. Huh. That's interesting. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Speaking of sports, in terms of my son, who was at football practice last night, and I was watching him, and he's figured out, at least for the running drills, the hitting each other drills, he's still confused because most of the other kids have played before. But uh, the running drills, he has been doing really well in his group. Finished first three out of four times last night. And I think it's because of my family, as you know, listening to this show, I've been emphasizing who's the fastest person in the family. I've been racing them since they were little. He wants to race me this weekend. He thinks he's faster than me now. And it may be. It may be. Oh. I have to pass the torch in the family to another member who is now the fastest. But we'll see. My final thought is I've been saying all along Joe Biden would serve two years and one day. I'm not sure he makes it. Because of? Age, mental acumen, oh. uh, a, a disastrous administration. He will resign. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Or the 25th Amendment. So many people, thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Check out the hot links. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Goodbye, sweet America. Get. Go away. I mean, I'm... Uh... <laughs> This is beyond dumb. Half cup full, half cup empty. Be very, better careful. Remember, they're just jokes. Take care. Wear your mask. I want winners. Which one am I? I'm Armstrong. <laughs> You're about to open a pit of hell. Are you sh? No! That's bullshit. Thank you, sir. Your time is expired. That high note? Thank you all very much. <laughs>